Berlin are Uniwaves. Aka are Express Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill. Jajama. Express Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change On Air. My name is Lily Mott and I am so excited to introduce my guest who is here in the Express Radio Station with me today. My guest today is Amira Hyatt and she is an aspiring journalist, a poet, an activist from Cardiff who is raising awareness about a variety of issues, which we're going to talk about a ton of these. Um, she's also so involved in the Cardiff community and working on so many different projects. So I'm really excited to be able to talk with her about some of the work that she's doing. So Amira, I'm sure that I missed <laughs> some things in that introduction. So go back and fill in the gaps for well, me. Well, I feel like that was a great intro. So thank you, Lily. And it's such an honor for me to be here today. I've looked at some of your podcasts and I'm like, it's, so, it's such an honor to be a guest. Um, but yeah, I feel like you've, you've gone over most things. So yeah, I am um, an activist. Um, I've been involved in like lots of different like social movements um, for dating like way back. Um, I also used to do a lot of like live discussions on Instagram. Um, but this would have been back in like early COVID days where I'd host discussions with like a different friend each week. And we talk about different things like religion, um, you know, mental health and like lots of different topics. So it, uh, it was like I just always wanted to open a space for conversation. I feel like conversation is really important. Um, so that's where a lot of like the stuff that I do now kind of stems from. Um, and then, yeah, like, I mean, I've always, I've, I, I love writing, but I never really called myself a writer and a poet until quite recently, to be honest. But yeah, I do. I love writing poetry. I'm really inspired by um, a lot of different poets. So I'm, tr- I'm really working on trying to put a lot of work out there. Um, but then other than that, yeah, I'm just, I'm a student, um, <laughs> just like Lily, <laughs> in the same, same building. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I like to work with the community quite a lot. I feel like my community has, has uh, contributed a lot to the poetry person that I am um, and it just it only feels right not only to give back but to be like an active part of that community um, it feels really fulfilling to me so yeah I love it I yeah, hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. of course so tell me some about that background for you and what got you inspired to start doing this work of course I love this idea of giving back and mm-hmm. I think being able to I wear this necklace that says too much is given much is expected so mm. I love I love that idea yeah but I think tell me tell me some about what got you started with all of this work? Mm -hmm. So um, when I was really young, actually, it was my parents who'd always told me, like, when you feel strongly about something, like, make sure you're always vocal and passionate about it. Like, my mum's a very, like, outspoken, passionate woman. um, And I've always been inspired by that. And my dad has always said, make sure you stand up for what's right. Um, Even if people don't stand with you, like, make sure you always stand firm in in your beliefs and stuff. Um, And then at a young age, I've also been, like, attending protests and stuff, especially regarding things around, like, Palestine. It's something that's like really close to my heart um, and as a young person like I was going to those protests not fully understanding like the complexities of what's going on um, but going knowing that it's something that's worth standing up for and worth raising your voice for so um, that, that's just been like an integral part of me and then growing up then I, I remember being exposed to people like Malcolm X like learning about him um, on a completely separate journey like I'd never learned about him in school um, but I went to like a short film screening that was like talking about Malcolm X and his legacy and what he did and before that I didn't know anything about him other than the fact that he was apparently like really problematic and like I, I, I'd always associated really negative things with him um, but then the more I learned about him the more I was like oh my gosh like 
I feel like I can relate to him a lot, actually, like the, in the way he is in his personality. And like, you know, he might not have a lot of popular opinions, but like he was really firm in his beliefs and things. Um, so, yeah, he was someone I also looked into as well as the Black Panthers. Um, and that's kind of what inspired my like my involvement in the community, because they did so much for their communities. And it wasn't just about like race. It was about class and like the the common themes that we all have, like with each other. So rather than dividing ourselves amongst things like race and religion, we could actually come together with like all the things that we have in common and become so much stronger. Um, so I've always like I've always wanted to be a part of something like that. I want to help my community. I feel like like I have this thing um, in Islam. We have this concept called sadaqa, which means like lasting charity. So like uh, for example, like a really common one is building a well. So if I were to build a well, um, even in my home country, like in Bangladesh, even after I pass away, like the rewards that I'll get from providing water to that community is ongoing. And I see it the same way with like education and helping community it's like you educate one person or you help one person in your community and that's like a butterfly effect like it's going to keep on helping people so I feel like yeah that's a really big part of like who I am and what I do so community is so important um so I just try to help in every way that I can be that like advice or um support or anything really yeah uh-huh um so I I think that's so interesting about all of these projects can you tell me about what you're working on now of course in this moment in current events as well and Mm -hmm. what's going on around the world can you tell me some about what your work looks like at this moment so at the moment i'm currently working on a project called um news for all which is actually with media camry um and i'm lucky enough to be working with a journalist called um shirish um i met him through like a few mutual friends um at an event and i'm co-facilitating these sessions that we do um once a month and the whole idea behind it is to basically have a group of people who are interested in like media, journalism, or just in who want to be involved in something in general, um, in kind of reimagining what um, journalism and media would look like if we were to like recreate it, um, but with people like marginalized people in mind. Um, so this is also something I'm, I'm hoping to link to my dissertation, but it's looking at the innovation of journalism um, and how how like a lot of like mainstream media have left out like a lot of communities and like like the stories are being told but from a totally different lens like even if we look back in like 2012 2013 when um there was a lot of stuff going on in Syria and we had like um there was a lot of coverage about what was taking place in Syria and a lot of people who had got left like the country to go there um to do certain things and I think there's a lot a lot of details that have been missed out and a lot of stories that haven't been told um from the right perspective and I think it's really important to have those voices heard um there's a lot of there's a lot of unheard voices especially like in our community um so yeah I feel like um this project it's like it aligns with me really closely um and yeah I'm really looking forward to like what the outcomes might be because it's not about like creating something totally new but it's having the conversations with people who feel that they've been wronged by like journalists and media and things like a lot of uh, some of our participants have talked about their experiences with journalists and stuff and they're like it feels like policing like Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm interrogated or even when they are telling stories about like even right now like what's happening in Gaza it's like do we do we feel like we can trust them no so we it's about exploring those conversations why don't we trust them who do we trust why do we trust the journalists that are giving us news through instagram rather than like mainstream media so that's just one mm-hmm. one project that i'm working on but there are a few other things in the works yeah, so yeah 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 tell me about your inspiration it sounds like you're Sounds like you've kind of already answered this question, but mm-hmm. tell me more about why you want to be a journalist. I think that you're 
you have so much passion for this work and, of course, media representation yeah. and things. And I know also, we don't have to talk about it if you don't want because we're working on it, but mm-hmm. dissertation topics. Yeah. I know that you're interested in that type of research too. Yeah. Tell me about that passion for you and where you're hoping to take in the future? Mm, I love this question because I also don't have like a straight up answer for, <laughs> yeah, for it. It's like but the dreaded question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's a really good question because it gets me thinking as well. It's like, why am I passionate about it? For me, I've like, I've never really had like a straight journey for like what it is that I wanted to do. Like journalism was something that like my dad or me and my dad had in common. Like we talk about like news and stuff quite a lot. And he always said like, you'd be a wicked journalist. And I'd always be like, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so I kind of dodged around it but as I've gotten older and I realize how like involved I am in not only in my community but um, engaged with like news and that could be like politically that could be social justice it could be anything but I think what really stands out to me about journalism and like the profession is that like there's so much there's so much that we don't know that goes into it first of all like as like a research perspective but at the same time about like access and I feel like for my community and if I'm talking just about like the Muslim community I feel like there's not a lot of space for us to feel comfortable because we've already been portrayed as these really scary group of people that you just you can't you can't communicate with them because they're so alien and it's like no actually you have British Muslims and you have American Muslims and you have European Muslims and like we all like we all have a lot of similar struggles that people just have in general but I feel like we've been really alienated from that and because I never really saw journalists who look like me um, or represented my community and like told our stories I feel like that was a massive thing missing and that's what's created a lot of divisions within our own communities as well because we're like well these people say this and these people say that and this is what they said about this group of people and it's like actually if we just have like a few representative voices in those spaces like that is so like revolutionary to me I I think there's so much space for that and there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done in in the media sector I think so but at the same time we can't just sit around and be like oh like criticize what's missing we need to go in and fill the gaps like at the same time the way I'm, I'm really passionate about mental health and in my community like the um, South Asian community um, there's a massive gap in like the the, the reach for um, mental health like facilities because it's really taboo like we don't talk about it and then on top of it if you're a man who's South Asian there's no space for you to talk about it at all so there's like there are so many like generational issues that we can't even begin to move forward from because we haven't even we haven't even put a plaster on it there's no like there's there's no they haven't made room for it so I think I really want to be able to be in that space to make room for people and like after getting into journalism and stuff now I've met a lot of young people who are like oh I want to do the same I want to get into journalism and and stuff like that so I think it's really good because I want to be able to be part of like the journey of like you know making the change or like being involved in conversations and like it's not about making like the biggest change I'm just I'm genuinely just doing my best but um yeah I just think when I'm when I'm passionate about something I need to be active on it I need to do something so yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think there's so many ways that you're being active too. I think through that physical protesting aspect, mm-hmm. but also I think through writing, that's just as important. And then I think also through sharing other people's stories in this journalism sense. Yeah. I think there's so many different facets covered there, which is mm-hmm. really exciting. So tell me about, as you're thinking about the media coverage of everything that's going on in the Middle East right mm-hmm. now, can you tell me about how you're looking at it through your lens mm-hmm. and some of those flaws that you're seeing with that coverage? Mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting because we're all receiving different just algorithms and things. We're all receiving different yeah, perspectives yeah. of the conflict. Can mm-hmm. you tell me about your perspectives on that, that mm-hmm. this moment, I guess, in yeah. the media? Yeah, I think what's, what's really interesting about the media at the moment is 
they're either completely covering it, but from one side, mm -hmm. obviously, or they're not really covering it at all. Like me and my uncle were actually flicking through like news channels yesterday mm -hmm. and we were like, they're not talking about Gaza like at all. Everything's about the Rwanda bill like yesterday mm -hmm. after like 6 p.m. But um, for me, it's like because I, I feel like I've kind of distanced myself from the news since about 2015. So it's not that I don't totally engage in the news. I'll still watch it to be aware. But I, I wouldn't take all my information from there completely. With obviously now we've got social media and we do have uh, like citizen journalists and we've got um, the journalists who give us news through like Instagram and TikTok. Those to me feel like more verified sources because they're actually on the grounds covering what's happening. So like on, on Instagram, I know a lot of people are following like Motaz, um, there's Plastia, there's Bissan, and there's like a few other um, journalists who are actually reporting to us live like what's happening is ga in Gaza. And it's super graphic, obviously, like it's, it's not easy to watch all the time. But the reason that we feel like we trust those people is because they are from Palestine and they're going from one place to another for safety and they're genuinely risking their lives and like privacy just to show us like what's going on there whereas when I, the things that I've seen from like Sky News like I've been to all the protests and when they labeled it as like as hate protests and hate marches and and all these things I thought do you know how crazy that is to label something that is genuinely just standing up for human rights as something completely opposite and then to completely run with it like the media like my experience as a Muslim as well is that like I've not had a good experience with the media because back in again like let's say back in like 2011 when uh, it's Islamophobia was really on the rise. Like, I was a victim of that. Like I had been called many things on the street um, and the media did an amazing job at literally portraying us as these scary terrorists who are like, we need to be careful of them and we need to learn more about them because again, they just like completely alienated us. So I don't feel like I can trust mainstream media because they don't, they I feel, I feel like they don't like me and they don't like my community and my people. So I want to be able to... Um, understand things from a fair point of view so like obviously I'm so pro-Palestine but I would never be like I'd never be like oh yeah like it's okay for like literally anyone to die no like obviously death is awful violence is awful but we need to also understand like and take in the context behind this entire thing because this didn't happen just on October 7th the Nakba started like 75 plus years ago and there's a very deep-rooted history that the, that Britain takes a big part in like Britain plays a big part in why this started in the, in the first place so I think to act like the saviors and be like oh this is awful and to keep on like a name dropping like Hamas and this and that it's very it feels very propaganda like a machine thing so it's like I feel like it's not only my job but it's anyone else's job who's like really interested in um, the way the media operates to make sure that you're getting the right information and to make sure that you're really fully understanding what you're taking in because it's easy to even like scroll mindlessly through like TikTok and stuff you can get lots of false information mm -hmm. online but it's about how how do you take in that information and how do you like understand it for yourself and be like you have to be critical of mm -hmm. things um so yeah i feel like that was a really long winded answer <laughs> but yeah no for sure yeah. can you tell me some about the sources that you're looking at and give mm -hmm. me kind of a list of those that maybe you would recommend for other people who yeah. are interested in learning more. Yeah, well, the best one, so we Middle East Eye is one of the ones that I've been like mm -hmm. been following for ages. Middle East Eye is really good. They cover a lot of things, um, obviously, that's happening in the Middle East. Um, and a lot of them are citizen journalists who are from uh, London as well. So like we'll, we have like a lot of British journalists, but who have like a Middle Eastern background. So Middle East Eye is great. Um, there's also, there's one called Eye on Palestine, um, which has been covering a lot about what's happening, obviously, in Palestine. But then generally, like, the actual... Um 
journalist like Motaz is one of the ones that like everyone's been following um, and bless him like he's covering every part of his trauma like even the other day I think his actual neighborhood had literally been like targeted mm -hmm. and blown up mm -hmm. and like he lost a lot of people a lot of his neighbors and people that he grew up with um, and then Plestia as well and Bissan I, I, I'm definitely forgetting a few people but I think if I remember anyone I can send them over to you and yeah, you can like yeah. link them because there's a lot of Instagram pages that are covering a lot of stuff as well but yeah they're the main three that have like been keeping up to date with and just yeah hoping everything's okay <laughs> yeah there's there's so much but yeah I do mm -hmm. think I feel like social media has obviously it's got its pros and cons but I think we're really lucky to have access to it the way that we do now um, and especially for people like these journalists who are able to cover what's happening and show us directly what's happening mm -hmm. without things being cut and censored mm -hmm. and stuff and obviously with Instagram we do have the issue of like shadow banning and even TikTok like a lot of my stuff have been shadow banned I even my poem about Palestine had been shadow banned like multiple times every time I'd shared it um so yeah it's um it's interesting isn't it like algorithms and mm -hmm. the way things are but I think um as long as you're aware of it and like you're still trying to m remain as engaged as possible I think that's what's important like we can only do the most we can yeah so yeah, yeah. definitely and I think that segues well into I'd love to talk with you as well about your mental health work and mm. your mental health activism because I think it's so important like you were saying for people to have representation in that sphere of society as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important for people to see themselves represented in in the mental health movement. And I yeah. think that we aren't seeing enough representation often yeah. around the world. So tell me about the work that you've done on that issue and maybe some of the issues that you've seen in your community and mm -hmm. what inspired you. Just give me the whole story behind yeah, mental okay. health activism. So we're going again, like back to <coughs> about 2020. So this was again when I started doing my live discussions. Mm -hmm. So where it stems from was like um, me and one of my friends at the time, like we were talking about like um, one of the discussions that I wanted to have was about mental health in the South Asian community, but specifically around men. And now I know that the women in our community, we have an issue with um, mental health, but we do have the space to talk about it mm -hmm. in gatherings and stuff. You know how girls are, we, um, <laughs> we talk about, oh, I'm going through this and whatever. Um, but it's not so much the same for the guys in our community. And I saw it from um, experiences within my like my direct family. Like I was going through a lot of stuff in 2020 anyways. Um, and I could see like things that my dad was avoiding um, and also like other members of my family so I thought this is a conversation worth having um, so I invited my friend on um, he's a Pakistani male and uh, we talked about mental health in um, in our community and he was talking about his experience like I was like you know so like when you're with your boys like is it something that you talk about and they're like you know like not really it's not like we're not really too serious when we talk about things like sometimes we're just hey how you doing and like you good yeah like how's things and whatever but like it's never really like a very deep conversation um, and my whole thing was that we don't we also don't have access to it so like say for example with the boys you don't like having conversations like that that's totally cool but there's not there's no space like like I myself have looked for therapists and counsellors that are at least from the same background as me mm -hmm. so it's not like you have to be Muslim or you have to be like South Asian but like if you're a person of colour and you somewhat understand my religion I feel like it'd be easier because I don't have to explain a lot of things because there's a lot of cultural barriers like that you don't realise until you're talking to someone who mm -hmm. just like doesn't understand that actually no I can't say certain things to my parents because that's deemed disrespectful or I can't just oh I'm gonna go for a walk now because I can't do that like mm -hmm. we just can't do certain things in our community so my my whole thing kind of stems from I started the the live discussion on that and then uh, Minds Camry reached out to me 
through like an agency um, to get me involved in a campaign uh, a campaign for better mel- mental health services in our community. And then from there, then I kind of had like, there was a lot of interviews and discussion around it, which was really good because I think it raised um, a lot of awareness for our community. Um, but there, I think there's still there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And I'm, I'm really passionate about mental health because I've had my own struggles and a lot of people that I know um, have too. Um, and I know how hard it is to look for a therapist that, can relate to you just even in the slightest mm-hmm. um, and I think that's something uh, maybe Wales could look at in particular because I know in London there is um, there is an organization I'm trying to remember what they're called but they're, they're London based they're based in East London and they have a group of like Muslim um, qualified like therapists and counselors and they've started do- providing these services for free and they've written in the description the reason we're doing it for free is because if we don't mend the problem now we're never ever going to be get around to like a bigger solution like mm-hmm. people in our communities we can't afford it can't make time for it or we can't tell our families that oh, I'm going to see a therapist right now like yeah. they need there's a lot of work that needs to be done um, um, so yeah, it's something I'm I'm super passionate about, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately, there's not. I think there's more awareness around it, definitely, but there's still not a lot of room for it, and they, there's still not a lot of representation. I think we definitely need like more Muslim or like South Asian like therapists and counselors and people who work in those sectors to really help mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a really big thing. So hopefully, I don't know. Maybe in the future we'll have them. Maybe they're all in the works right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, hopefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so interesting. I think you're touching on so many different topics too and your work is really intersectional in the way that it all ties back to your identity yeah which is really inspiring I think when you have that motivation because it's so personal to you that's yeah. the most powerful way to do yeah. activism advocacy all of the work definitely that you're doing. yeah um, can you tell me about your poetry and how that fits in for you when did you start doing that give me the story behind what inspired you to express yourself in that way okay this is the first time I've ever talked about my poetry <laughs> okay, this ooh, so, yeah <laughs> because exclusive. it's one of them things like with my like my writing and my poetry I'm I've like I've got massive imposter syndrome so like I'll read <laughs> like honestly I've been like I've written I have written for years like I, I love journaling um I just write like in general it'll be like a brain dump and then sometimes it'll be like oh this would be good as a poem and it'll like come out with like a bit of rhythm Mm -hmm. and thought and things like that and um in like recent years I've read a lot more poetry and it's not like um the kind of poetry that I like to read is like usually like inspired by like Middle Eastern poets or South Asian poets and one of my all-time favorite poets is Mahmoud Darwish who's Palestinian he's like like his work is beautiful (laughs) beautiful I have to show you some Mm -hmm. of his things um but I've always compared myself to him so like I'll read his work and I'm like oh my stuff would never be as good it's nowhere near as good like honestly (laughs) Um, so I've like I've hoarded my work for ages Um, and then I started putting stuff out like on Instagram just related to like I love books and reading and stuff so it'll be like book content and then here and there then when I've written poems that I'm not too scared to put out I'll put it out Um, but like recently I've tried to be a bit more like consistent in putting work out and I'm really thankful that I've got friends who are like super supportive Mm -hmm. of what I do as well and they're like you need to put work out and like you're a poet and you're this and you're that and I think that's really helpful because it's really made me like kind of identify with like I would I wouldn't call myself a poet before but now I'm like okay yeah maybe <laughs> into it. yeah maybe <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, yeah. so um yeah poetry for me is really important because I think I always say literature is revolutionary I think words and writing and like I see everything as like archives and I think poetry is amazing because it's like 
it's like storytelling, but it's like I like the kind of poetry that doesn't overexplain itself. It like it leaves a lot open for the reader, mm-hmm. um, and then you get to see how like other readers interpret things. Um, so yeah, and I, I'm not good at like explaining things. So for me, poetry is perfect. I was like, let me just leave some things like kind of you know <laughs> unexplained. Yeah, yeah, so then people can can interpret it for themselves. But that was also what scared me about sharing my work because I was like, oh my God, people can interpret it for themselves, and people are gonna think this and they're gonna think that. Um, but I'm getting a bit more comfortable with that because I'm starting to appreciate that not only should like like if I feel like I'm I'm good at something and that I really love something and I, I do think it's worth sharing I think that's really important just to give that work a space um, but also when I've shared work I've had a lot of people message me and like I love this and mm-hmm. I can really relate to this and this is really good and it's like it's not about the validation it's more about like oh actually like no, people aren't going to just hate your work and be like, this is awful. Like, no, like people are going to like it. Um, and actually, one of the things that was inspiring for me was I was reading some Mahmoud Darwish poetry like earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And I came across a bit that he had written, which was exactly the same as something oh that I had gosh. written. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my I've God. Yeah, like, I feel so validated now. There. Mahmoud Darwish wrote this. And I wrote it and I didn't even know. Like, who knew? <laughs> Who, who would have thought? So, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, That's yeah, so I love cool. it. I think I've grown to appreciate poetry more as well after reading poets that I relate to more because before before reading these poets, um, it was, like, a lot of, like, you know, I've come across, like, white American and white British poets, and they're great as well. Um, and then in uni, we studied a lot of, like, black American poets, which mm-hmm. are amazing as well, uh, and black British poetry. But um, for me, like, growing up, my parents used to always tell me about, like, some of our South Asian poets. So there's one called Rabindranath Tagore. He's um, Bengali, and he's actually one of the first Nobel Prize winners oh. as well. Uh-huh. Um, and his poetry is amazing. Like, I think Netflix did something a few years ago where they turned his poem into like short stories Um, and I remember watching it and my dad and my mum were like explaining like oh this is what he means and this is what this is and like my mum's such a poet as well Uh she's really into like writing so that's that must be where I get it from Um, but yeah so that was a big inspiration for me because now I relate everything back to that Um, and also like in recent years I feel like I've connected more with like my cultural identity Mm -hmm. so like I'm British, British South Asian and Muslim um, but for a while like as a teen um, I didn't feel as connected to like my Bengali like my background I was just like it's not important because like I'm born and raised in the UK um, so I feel like my, my Muslim identity is more important to me um, but then I did go to Bangladesh in 2018 so I would have been 18 at the mm-hmm. time um, and I feel like I really connected then I was like do you know what no like I love my culture my people and my music and like our history like there's a, there's a lot there that I feel really proud of so I think that was a, a really important point in my life where I was like no like I, I, I want to be able to bring my culture into a lot of things that I do and plus generally like I I embrace cultures from all over the world I Mm -hmm. love it like if you know me you know like I'll eat food from anywhere (laughs) just to just to try it like Uh I've like I love traveling and like hearing about different cultures and stuff like that like I'm I'm really down to try Mm -hmm. anything so yeah I feel like culture is a really important part of like of me Mm because it's like yeah, I just like to embrace all parts of it. I grew up around so many different people and in different backgrounds, and it's like, that's all a part of me. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's really that's, important that's to me. That's so amazing. I think also the storytelling and it being linked to your mom, too, and your mom yeah. being involved, too, and I think <laughs> yeah. that's that's so amazing, too. Yeah. That it kind of takes that push, I feel like, but as soon as you start putting your work out there and as soon as you start doing yeah. it, you kind of fall in love with it. Yeah, I think absolutely. You kind of get the bug of, like, oh, I want to do more, I want to yeah, share more. exactly. I think that's so exciting. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's amazing. So, what this is this is the taboo question. Okay. This is the worst one, I think. But um, <laughs> where are you hoping to go with all of this work that you're doing now? 
what do you see yourself doing in the future? Mm -hmm. Big one there. I okay. know. <laughs> Tell yeah. me as much as you can, as yeah. much as you know. Okay. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I've always had, like, a few different ideas. Um, and all of them have, like, the same kind of, like, core, like, foundational thing, which is, like, I want to help communities and I want to help young people. Mm -hmm. And I want to provide, like, I want to fill in gaps that haven't been filled. Um, now, for me, education is a really, really big, big, big part of, like, what I do um, and what I really believe in, like, young people having access to education, how important that is, um, but to the right education. Like, I, I to me, I feel like um, systematic, like, uh, education misses out a lot of stuff so again there's a lot of people we didn't learn about there's a lot of things we don't know how to do like how to play how to pay bills um how to pay rent how to organize my finances like I've never been good with money because I never learned how to be good with money like, <laughs> it's so true that's you know such a there's so many <laughs> things crazy. like you know these are skills that we need to yeah. learn but mm -hmm. like also to learn about like the people before us I think is so important and that's why like I'm such a big advocate for like Malcolm X and the Black Panthers because if I'd learned about them I'd, I'd know that actually to take accountability in front of lots of people is not a scary thing because Malcolm X did the same thing he apologized for a lot of the things that he did or um, some of the things that he believed and like taught to other people and I think that's a really important lesson to learn as a young person so in the future my idea is to like I've always wanted to educate, but outside of the system um, and be that through like an actual like, I don't know, like maybe a community center or some sort of schooling system or even through like just having a space to have um, people from all backgrounds and all ages to come up and speak. Like I'd love to have like a talk show yeah, and yeah. yeah, you know, like have conversations with people that I agree and disagree with. Like uh -huh. I think I think it's a really good way to um, to learn a lot. Um, and also to give people space. I think it's so important to have space and especially for young people in particular. Um, I'd love I'd love to have that. So there's no like solid answer because even with journalism, it's not that I want to be like a journalist and go and report stories. Um, I want to give space to people. Yeah. I want to tell mm -hmm. stories for people who might not be able to put themselves in front of a camera mm -hmm. or put themselves in certain positions, but their stories want, like they want to tell them, they just don't know how. So I want, yeah. I want to be that spokesperson. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's, that's amazing. And I think that's what I really resonate with, with journalism as well. I think it's not necessarily like the kind of gotcha journalism, uh -huh. like getting the scoop all the time. It's yeah. more of everyone has a story exactly. and being able to ask that question that makes the person light up I exactly. think that's the most exciting part it the most is, fulfilling yeah. thing. I think it's, yeah. it's amazing and I also love the idea that you mentioned people that you agree with and disagree with because yeah. I think that's so important in today's society and For the way sure. that we have conversations I think it's so important to invite people yeah. and to seek out those conversations that yeah. might challenge you a little bit yeah. that might test your biases yeah I think it's, so, it's so important I think especially like again like with what's happening recently and there's a lot of like I'm sure you've seen Pierce Morgan having his you know his <laughs> moments but I think it's important because like we might agree or disagree with them but there's a space there you get you get to see the other point of view mm -hmm. and I think that's really important I think it's such a skill to be able to sit and listen to someone you absolutely disagree with mm -hmm. but to be like okay but what do you mean, though? Like, explain yeah. that mm -hmm. to me. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the best way to do it is to ask those questions yeah. rather than coming with judgment. Exactly. And I think so often we think of what we're going to say next mm -hmm. instead of listening. Mm -hmm. And that's cliche, but I think no, it happens. Even sometimes when I'm doing these interviews and things, I'm so stressed out about what's coming next that I'm yeah. not listening. And I've had to kind of shift my mindset to be like, no, the, mm -hmm. the moment is what matters. Exactly. And it's just so important to actually listen to the person rather than just having them speaking at exactly. you. That's exactly. That's the difference. Yeah. It's like a mindset change. But for sure. um, I have one more question for you. Mm -hmm. Lots of young people, especially students in, uni in university, students 
getting there uh, want to create change and want to make a difference, but they may not know how to get started with that work. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for those people who may be listening? I think if you feel like you have a calling for something, and this sounds like super corny, but like (laughs) if you feel like, you know, something like you're really drawn to something, I think first of all, give everything a try. Like try everything, even if it's scary. Like I was scared to put work out. I'm still scared to put work out, but I'm working on it. I'm trying to slowly by slowly put things out and create kind of like an online process presence for like the things that I am passionate about so it's not just one thing in particular it's like it's the activism it's the writing it's the book stuff and whatever so I think don't be don't don't scare yourself out of trying things we're really lucky to have access to things like the internet social media and things like that so you've got the room to try different things and if it don't work out it's cool it's not that deep try something else Uh and speak to people oh my god have as many conversations as you can because you don't meet anyone by accident every single person you meet is for a purpose and you can learn so much from people and like it's really easy to focus on like how negative the world can be and like oh people are only into things for this and that but you can really learn some really great things from people like I think it's really important to see the beauty in each person like oh this person's really passionate about this or this person is really good at this like take all those things on and use it as inspiration don't get caught up in in the negative stuff and especially mentally like prioritize yourself and your health and just do the things that you feel like really align with you Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. that's all I can say is that if you feel something is for you do it and give it like try your best always try your best I love that idea of trying a lot of things and then if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Because I think that's so important. I think so many people are so caught up and so many people being me too. I think so (laughs) caught up in what people are going to think, like what people are going to say, especially if it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And it honestly doesn't matter. Yeah, no one actually cares. No one cares. It doesn't work out. No one's going to remember. That's that's for sure. Just try something else. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I love that. What are the best ways for people to follow along with you and the work that you're doing? Um, So my public Instagram is X. That's where I'll talk a lot lot about like the activism and there's a lot of book content on there and um, that's also where I share a lot of my poetry I do also have a podcast which is on Mixcloud and it's called In Tune um, so it's with Radio Platform um, so I'm hoping to, to put a few more episodes out on there as well um, and on TikTok I'm just amira.h and I put a lot of similar content from my Instagram on there as well but yeah TikTok is great so okay, perfect <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll link all of that Amazing. in the description <laughs> it'll be perfect thank you everyone for listening if you want to talk about anything I mentioned please reach out to me by email at lily at be the change podcast.org or on instagram at be the change podcast and of course reach out to amira as well <laughs> yeah um this was actually the last show for the term because next week is our winter break but the show will be back starting on january 31st and my guest will be jasmine johnson who is the president of the students for organ donation society at cardiff and their mission is to spread awareness and educate people about the importance of organ donation so Tune in for that episode on January 31st at 5 p.m. But until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Thank Mira. You for I having had so me. much fun. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, guys.